Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide information on how to contact our trainers. And now, here they are. Hi, this is Laura Berhani from Animal Attraction Unlimited. And I'm Kim Reinhart with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. Um, and today we are going to be talking about inadvertently reinforcing bad behaviors. And it usually comes, I find that it usually happens when we're not thinking. That was such an official sounding term. What? Inadvertently reinforcing bad behaviors. Official? Okay. No, it wasn't. I am wearing my star badge today, so it was official. <laughs> okay, so let's talk. Okay, so I have a couple of really good examples. Of course um, you do. I can tell I, you're chomping at the bit. You here. know, yeah. Okay, and these are and these are things that have happened in my presence. Mm-hmm. Not that I not that I've ever inadvertently reinforced a bad behavior, but here are a couple of examples. Two of them are Jack Russells, and that it's just happened to be. It's right. not about Jack Russells. It just happened to be the kind of dogs. Uh, the first one is I was at a dog park. If you listen to our dog ca- our dog park podcast podcast, you'll know that I wasn't necessarily there for. Anyway, you'll know my my views on dog parks. But so I'm at this this dog park, and there's a little Jack Russell running around, and he's jumping up on me, and I'm ignoring him, and I'm trying to avoid him, and he's jumping up on me, and I'm trying to avoid him because it's not up to me to correct somebody's dog. Right. Right. I'm not going to correct somebody. And you weren't there to train that dog. I wasn't there to train that dog. No, just somebody's. And right. And so. He's jumping up and jumping up, and I'm just ignoring him, and I'm just kind of moving away from him, and he's jumping up. And the girl who owned him says, because I'm looking at this dog, and I'm going, yeah, you probably shouldn't be jumping up. You know, I'm talking to the dog, not, like, encouraging him to jump up, but I'm trying to ignore him and going, uh-uh, go away, kind of mm-hmm. going, shh, go away, go away. And the girl says, well, he's only five months old. And I said, yeah, he's only five months old, and look how good at jumping on people he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? She expected me to pay attention to her dog when he's jumping up on me. And I'm thinking to myself, at what age is she planning to correct this problem? Right, because if you paid attention to him for jumping up, that would be reinforcing the behavior. Right. And so she was perfectly willing to allow me to reinforce her dog for jumping up. And again, at what age is she planning to correct that behavior? I mean, so far he's had five months worth, or at least three months, let's say, worth of practice at jumping on people. And that's a lot of practice to then have to go back and correct. Okay. So, so you're, I mean, maybe she didn't mind the dog jumping up. It's hard to know what that is. Well, but she didn't, but I did. The right. dog is jumping on me. No, no, no. But what I'm saying, but we're talking about re- inadvertently reinforcing bad behavior. Right. Or allowing what, other people to reinforce. And what normally happens is that somebody's dog comes and jumps up and you instantly reach down and pet the dog. And that would be reinforcing it. Whether you're right. thinking about it or not. Whether it, reinforcing and that's why I said inadvertently because it's usually we're not thinking about right. it. Right. Reinforcing behavior doesn't mean that you consciously treat the dog or tell the dog that it's good or that kind of thing. You can reward in a variety of ways. You can reward behavior by looking at a dog. Right. You because can, what is the dog looking for at that point that he's jumping up on you? He wants attention. Right. If you give that dog attention, he's right. going to continue to do it because right. it works. Right. Okay. The second example with the Jack Russell was that I was in Runyon Canyon, which is a local canyon here that a lot of people take their dogs. And I'm walking through there with a client, and we're walking uphill, and this girl is walking down the hill with her Jack Russell, different girl, different Jack Russell, and she starts to call her dog. And the dog is hanging around by us. 
She starts to call her dog. The dog starts to go towards her and then turns around and comes back to us. And she's calling her dog and calling her dog and calling her dog. And I'm not going to untrain her dog for her by paying attention to her dog, even though he's begging me to. And he's not jumping up on me like the first one was. But he's coming up to me. And then she says, oh, it's okay. You can pet him. And I looked at her and I went, really? And she said, yeah, you can pet him. And I went, okay. And I leaned down and I made a fuss over this dog because this girl was calling her dog and is going, come here, come here, come here. The dog decides to ignore her, comes up to me, and then she tells me I can reinforce her dog for ignoring her. Right. right. So I did. And the long and the short of that is she's probably not going to get a very good recall on that yeah. dog because she doesn't realize that right. she's, she's, she's allowing it to be reinforced. She's allowing that dog ignoring her to be reinforced. So... That's a couple of ways that you can reinforce somebody else's dog's dog's behavior. But a lot of times the way people reinforce uh, or inadvertently reinforce bad behavior is, let's say you have a dog that's barking, trying to get your attention. The way that gets your attention is that it barks at you. Well, the worst thing you can do at that point is look at the dog, even if you're going to look at that dog to tell them to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is they are trying to get your attention, and any attention for them is a boon. It's a, it's a cha-ching. Right. right. <laughs> they've, they've, ah, they've I got your attention, and now all I have to do is figure out how to get what I want. That's right. So while it might be obvious to people that if the dog is doing that and you lean over and tell the dog, good dog, and start petting him, that would be a reinforcement. Other ways of reinforcing would be to continue looking down at the dog, to look at the dog and say, no, no, stop that, stop that. Because <laughs> And the dog's wagging his tail at I you. Know. He's going... <laughs> This is working brilliantly. Right. Or like like the, the people who, you know, their dog is sitting in the back seat of the car. Mm-hmm. And the dog, of course, never looks at the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when we look at our dog, we look at our dog. Right. The dog usually, if he's, if he's behind us and he wants to see us, he comes around to the front. So your dog's in the back seat. He's on a seat belt. He can't get to the front. You're driving, and all he can see is the back of your head, so he barks. And he barks, and what he's doing is he's barking, he's barking, he's barking, he's going, look at me, look at me, look at me. And what do you do? You look over your shoulder, and you say, be quiet. And he goes, ah, <laughs> made you do it. <laughs> That's right. Ha-ha, you looked. <laughs> That's right. And I think, I think that... One of the things is people don't realize that they, that's why we call it inadvertent, but they don't realize that they have just All the untraining they're doing. Yeah. And most people don't realize that one of the easiest ways to reinforce behavior is to pay attention to it. Right. Even paying attention to it when you're telling the dog no is paying attention. It's turning your attention on the dog. Most of the things that dogs do are to get our attention. Another classic example would be the dog that someone has... I used to live with somebody who did this. Oh, my God, it drove me crazy. The dog would um, jump up on the back door, on the sliding glass door, and make a lot of noise. And so he would get up and go let the dog in. (laughs) Wait, wait. This was a trainer, wasn't he? Yeah, this was a trainer. And it just used to drive me bananas because my way of dealing that would have been to close the drapes. That's how I would have exactly. dealt with it. That's what I would have done, too. The dog was jumping on, on the... Oh, you want me to close the drapes? I can do that. That's right. I'm, I'm That's happy right. to help you out there. That's right. So what he would do is, is let the dog in. And how often does that happen? This happens a lot, by the yeah. way, when people are housebreaking, house training a dog. Right. Because they want the dog to tell them, 
I don't want my dogs to tell me when they want to go outside. I keep my dogs on a good enough schedule that I know that I get them outside when they need to go, and I've also taught them to go on Take command. the opportunity when they have right. the chance. It's right. like, honey, so you got I, 30 seconds when you're going let's back do this. in. Yeah, right. so if I, if I tell my dogs to go, they will at least assume the position, even if they don't have to. But one of the things that people do is they want to get uh, their dog trained so that their dog will tell them to go that they need to go outside. So then they have a dog that will tell them they want to go outside any time of the day, <laughs> no right. matter what's going on. Right. Why is that? Because they, they reinforce that behavior, and then they can't understand why, well, he just goes outside, and then he wants to come right back in. Right. Well, you've been reinforcing that behavior. Every time the dog goes to the door, you get up and walk over and let the dog out. So every time the dog hears something even vaguely interesting outside, he goes, hey, come get the door for me, would you, doorman? <laughs> right, right. Butler. Hello, butler. <laughs> right. And so right. then when they want to... When they want to stop that, when they actually want to change that behavior. Because they get brand new French doors. Or whatever. Or maybe they're just tired of getting up. Maybe they would like to watch a television show from beginning to end right. without having to run to the door and let the dog out. So they they want to get rid of that behavior, and they start training the dog. And they the dog goes over to the door, and they watch him to see what's he doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is reinforcement for the behavior. What the The dog will actually look at that and say, well, that's pretty much of a, an indicator that I'm coming. <laughs> right. I'm I'm watching. Right. I'm paying attention. But also, I mean, I did have somebody, and this was funny because it just never occurred to me that, you know, the dog is barking or scratching or something at the back door to get in, and they always let him in. And I say, well, why do you do that? And they say, well, how else is he supposed to let us know he's ready to come in? Right. Well, okay, it's a good question, but um, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, it doesn't matter when he's ready to come it in. It should be you to decide. When are you ready to let him right. come it in? Be, it should okay. be you to decide. I have one more example of other people reinforcing behavior or allowing somebody to reinforce your dog's behaviors. I was walking with a dog down the street, and there was a guy with his dog. He was checking his mail, and the dog is sitting there off leash because he didn't expect me to come by. And he's going, stay, 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 you know, the typical stay, mm-hmm. rough voice, mm-hmm. you know, to get mm-hmm. the dog to stay. And I stop a little ways away, wait for him to get the dog under control before I continue to walk. And I'm way on the other side of the street. So I think everything's okay because he's chanting to his dog to stay. Mm-hmm. And I start to walk by, and all of a sudden I hear dog toenails on the pavement coming at me, and I turn around, and this big yellow lab is coming straight at me. And what does the guy say? Instead of saying no or come, he says, oh, it's okay, he's friendly. As I'm trying to shoo the dog away from me, which, I mean, the dog that was with me was perfectly friendly, too. Mm-hmm. But I'm going, no, ah, stomping my feet and waving my arms and trying to get the dog to go away, just as the guy's going, oh, it's okay, he's friendly. And I looked at the guy, I gave him a little bit of free training advice, and I said, yeah, but do you really want me to reinforce your dog for ignoring you? For breaking a stay. For breaking a stay. Right. Exactly. And he just looked at me dumbfounded like it had never occurred to him. Okay, and that's where the word inadvertent comes in. <laughs> well, people also uh, tend to reinforce their dog nagging. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite things to do when I go in to talk to a new client is I will say to them, so I'll, I'll set up a scenario, especially if they have a dog that I think has got a little bit of a nagging problem, and I'll say, okay, so you really want to get away from nagging, and the way right. to get away from nagging is to never reinforce it. And the way to reinforce nagging is to pay attention to it in any way, whether it is putting your hands down, pushing. If you if you have a dog that is 
that their way of nagging is to jump up on you, and you put your hands on them and push them down. You've just reinforced That's that behavior because you've touched them. That's right. And if you watch dogs and the way that they interact with each other, you'll realize that even if you push them off with a little bit of force, dogs do that with each other all the time. Oh, a lot of dogs, it'll make them come back at you harder. That's right. Oh, we're going to play that game. That's right, because that was a that was reinforcement and actually an invitation to play. So I will go into a client's house, and, I, and I'll say, so I'll set up a scenario, and I'll say, you're sitting on the couch, and your dog comes over, and he just lays his head gently on your knee is he asking for your attention or is he demanding it and they'll say well he's asking because he was so gentle about putting his his head on my knee and and I'll say to him well how do you know that he was asking and they'll say well because he was so gentle about it I say yeah but you don't know what's coming next because if you ignore that behavior what's going to happen next so one of the things that people do is they reinforce things when they don't realize that it is just the beginning of a behavior that they don't want. So let's say your dog comes over and he puts, and he, and you're sitting on the couch and he comes over and he puts his head on your lap and you just lean over or you just reach over and you pet him. If you do that enough times, then when he comes over and he puts his head on your knee and you don't pet him, he's going to go to the next level. Most dogs are. Right. They're going to paw you. They're going to make noise. They're going Wine, to do something bark, to start bark, right. yeah, demanding. And so it's inadvertently reinforcing something that you don't want to see. Yeah, it's the beginning of a worse behavior. Mm-hmm. Occasionally we get the person when we ask that question, they say, oh, he'll go away. And I'm usually surprised. Absolutely. Pleasantly surprised. Absolutely. But even the fact that they know he'll go away tells you that they stop, that they let it alone, that there are times that they do ignore it. And so the dog has learned that when they ignore it, they mean I'm going to ignore it. Right. And escalating so it means that they're work. consistent. Right. Escalating right. Uh, stuff doesn't work. So if you have if you have your dog out and you're working with your dog on a stay or a recall and your dog breaks and starts to go over to somebody else, the mm-hmm. best thing to do, first of all, if you're if you're the person who the, do- the dog has broken and come towards, is to turn away. Ignore the dog. Right. No reinforcement whatsoever. Unless the dog is running to the street. If you have to stop You know what him. I mean? Yeah. If you have to stop, stop the dog, him. and that's the only sure. way you can do it. Sure. Yeah. But if you have a dog that has just broken a behavior and is going to run over to a stranger you can say if you're worried that that person doesn't know that your dog is not is is not going to be aggressive you can say he's friendly but please don't pet him right he's friendly but please don't talk to him because we're training because one of the reasons i think people yell that the dog is friendly is because they want you to know that you're not about to get you know savaged by their dog which is you know is a sensible thing to do but then you have to add to that. Please don't touch him. Please don't talk to him. Right. And if, if you because need people to, think they're being people think they're being nice by being friendly to your dog, and you're not asking them to be mean to your dog. You're just saying please ignore him. The easiest way to get them to to ignore them him though is to not just leave it at please ignore him. It's much easier if you smile and say please ignore him. We've been working on this, and I don't want him to be rewarded for what he just did. Yeah. If and you that, have enough time to say that. Sure. Well, you can say right. that as the dog's running towards them, though. And in all honesty, what I've found is it's a lot easier if you give people some level of explanation because right. people don't understand about inadvertent reinforcement. They do not understand about not reinforcing what you don't right. want to see again. And you cannot assume that somebody that you see in the park or that is your neighbor or somebody that is not involved in what you're doing understands about dog training. Yeah. What's another way that you could reinforce? Oh, I have a good one. Okay. I know. Tell me. I tell me. One. I have a good one. So you're getting your dog's food ready. Yes. 
and they're screeching. And I've got one, too. Oh, I can't and wait. Okay, go ahead. And they're excited, and so they're making a ton of noise because they're excited. Or they're standing under your feet, and they're racing around under your feet. And you would like them to not be doing this. And so you hurry up and get the food bowl ready. Because that's right. So because you want to hurry the food, up and feed so them and stop it. So they'll stop. So they'll stop. That's reinforcing the behavior. In reality, um, and I, believe me, I walk the walk on this one. I don't just stop the talk. <laughs> With me, if I'm getting my dog's food ready and they don't stay calm and out of my way, I just turn around and stand with my hands crossed and wait until they settle down. And then as soon as they settle down, I start to turn back towards towards the food. And if they start to get excited and, and act up again, I just turn around and, and cross my arms. Now, needless to say, my adult dogs are, you know, they've seen this happen, so they're, they're cool on this. But I have a young dog right now. She's only about uh, 10 months old. And, and they're looking at her going, get with the program. They are hungry. <laughs> well, she's got it now, and she's really cute because if I go over and I and she starts to wiggle and I even hesitate for a second, she instantly goes into a down. Look, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> so, and then I start moving again. But that's not what most people do. Most people right. hurry up and get that dish down because right. they want the dog to settle down and be quiet. Yeah. And here's, and here's another good one that you will recognize People go to the cabinet where they keep the dog's leash because they're going to take the dog for a walk. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they open the cabinet or as soon as they take the leash out or as soon as they pull out the harness or whatever, the dog starts going bananas. Mm -hmm. And then they spend 10 minutes with the dog wiggling around, turning in a circle and turning in a circle, being so excited and jumping up and down that they now have a hassle getting the leash or the harness or whatever on the dog. And then they take the dog for a walk. Right. So guess what? You just rewarded all of the, all of that behavior by taking the dog for a walk. Mm-hmm. The dog is really, really, really excited, and you're continuing to take the dog for a walk to and, do all of that process. And most likely, when you take the dog on the walk, all of that excitement and that crazy making and that and that energy that you wish would be under control to is on not going to be right. It's actually going to be very out of control right. the when walk, you get the dog out of the right. walk. Right. The walk starts when you pull the leash out of the cabinet. It doesn't start when you get out the front door or to the curb or down to the end of the driveway or whatever. I did work with a client once. Um, she had a pair of shoes that she sat by her front door. And she said, well, I don't remember how it came up, but she said, well, I can't put those shoes on because they know that means that I'm going to take them out. And I said, (laughs) okay, what does that mean? She said, well, they'll get really excited. I said, okay, well, what does that mean? Right. (laughs) She she said, well, then I have to take them. Right. (laughs) So she Because then she feels guilty. Yeah, absolutely. But even beyond that, because then they're all crazy and they won't settle down. And I said to her, okay, then go put those shoes on right now. Right. She said, well, I can't. They'll get get all out of control. Okay. So she went. She put on her shoes. I said, okay, walk to the gate, right back, sit down, take your shoes off. Right. Right. (laughs) And they did. They got all crazy and they were all, you know, manic and and, really out of control and and she was having some issues with these dogs. She was having some issues with these dogs with some fighting and mm-hmm. some things that were going on between them. And it really came out of arousal. And the thing is, she was reinforcing that because every time those dogs got excited, she would give them what they wanted. Right. So I said to her, okay, now your, your homework is to put on your shoes, walk to the gate, come back, take your shoes off, go back in the house. That's right. your, your homework. And you're going to be doing that five times a day. And take them for a walk with different and shoes? No, no. You okay. can take them. No. 
the day that they don't get too crazy, okay. you can put the leashes on them and take them out. <laughs> but until that day, or you can walk over to the car, you can walk on your way. Because when I would have her walk towards the gate, the fence, it would be towards the car. She would actually put them in the car and take them somewhere to take them hiking. Okay. And so I said to her, you know what? If you get to your car and they have st- remained calm and acted like nothing, right. then you call them over. I also taught with these dogs that I wanted her to teach. Oh, here's another example of oh, rewarding. Okay. Here's a great example. The people who um, take their dogs in the car, and when they open, these are people that don't use seatbelts, Laura, so so plug your ears. I will, I will try not to let steam come out of my ears. But pe- the people, it happens with do- dogs in crates. I've seen it happen to oh, trainers yeah. with dogs in crates. Oh, yeah. Where they walk over, and they go to open up the door, and the minute they open up the door, the dog jumps out. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, this is reinforcing... Right. This is reinforcing the dog not listening to you because if you and it walk happens well, it happens when they're on a seatbelt as well. The dog is in the back seat having a cow on the seatbelt, and they're rushing to get and the seatbelt. Exactly off. right, and so it's reinforcing that behavior. In reality, when you have a dog that starts to get when you start to approach a door and the dog starts to get crazy, like he's going to get out, turn turn away from the door. Right. You can turn back to the door and do not open that door until that dog remains calm. Do right. not take the seatbelt off. Do not allow them out. Right. I don't let the dogs just self load the car. When I'm going to take my dogs and and put them in the car, they need to listen to me, tell them to get up. What's the reason for that? Because that starts that crazy behavior. Once the dog jumps up, for me, if I'm teaching a dog that you don't just self-load, you need to wait until I tell you to get in the truck. Mm -hmm. Then when I open up the door, if they start to jump up, I turn around and walk away. Right. I turn around and walk away. Now what are you going to do? Drive? I doubt it. And, and I don't go back until they get out. Right. And that's the same thing that with the leash. You open up the cabinet where the leash is kept, or you take the leash out of the cabinet, the dog starts going crazy, drop the leash or put the leash back and walk away. You do the opposite of what the dog is expecting you to do. Because this is not punishment. This is simply not moving forward with inadvertent reinforcement. You're not letting the dog push you into anything. That's right. Well, and if you and if you continue on, you are reinforcing what they've done preceding. Right preceding that so that's how you avoid inadvertently reinforcing why is inadvertent reinforcing a problem because you will be reinforcing behavior that you wish you didn't see right i mean i had one client who used to take their dog to the park regularly Mm -hmm. you know three four times a week and as soon as she would turn on to the road where the dog park was and even though she had two miles to drive as soon as she would make that turn, the dogs would start whining and crying and barking. And guess what? She would continue to drive towards the dog park. At this point, it wouldn't matter if she, once she got to the dog park, if she waited for them to get calm, they are still going to do all of the behavior once she turns onto that road. Yes. So what I told her to do is you turn onto that road, as soon as they start making noise, you pull over, turn off the engine. Or turn and around. Wait. Or turn around. I had to do this, by the way. Right. But I had to that do road this. wasn't easy to turn around on. That's right. the only thing. Well, have you seen my truck? Oh, yeah. I have a truck with an extra cab and an eight-foot bed, so it's not really easy to turn around in. But I had to actually do this because it was the same thing. I took my dogs to the park every day. They started to get used to it. And one of my dogs, my little staffy bull who was wonderful, mm-hmm. Tater, would get really, really excited and make a huge amount of noise when we would start to pull into the park. So I had to 
for a while. I'm sure the park people thought I was insane. I'd start to drive into the park. As soon as he'd start to squeal, I'd turn around and back home we'd go. Right. And that was the way it was until I got to the place where I could drive all the way in. And he very quickly, well, not quick enough to suit me, by the way. (laughs) Quick being a relative term. Um, He learned that it wasn't a good idea to carry on and make a lot of noise in the car when we were going. Even though he was excited, he could still be excited and not act that way. Right. But if I had continued driving in and parked my car and let the dog out, what I would be doing is reinforcing that behavior, reinforcing that that crime. And if once you got to the dog park, let's say you got the dogs out of the car, everything is calm, and you get the dogs out of the car and they're on leash, and you start to walk towards wherever you're going, if they're pulling and getting excited at that point... And you continue to go, like, let's say somebody who gets into the parking lot of a dog park, the dog is okay in the car, but then starts to get nuts as he's getting up to the gate of the park, and you continue to rush in and let him off the leash, he's being reinforced for all of that behavior. Well, and I Every have to, little piece. And I have to say, we're getting to the end of this podcast, but I pause cast, but I do want to say that if this gives anybody, any, anybody listening to this, if this gives you any hints, this is the beginning of how to teach a dog about loose leash walking, which we will cover in a podcast. Yes. But if you think about reinforcement, you you start to realize that the reason that dogs pull on the leash is because they are inadvertently reinforced for it, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. <laughs> all right. So I guess we've covered this one. I think we have. All right. Well, I'm Kim Reinhart with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And this is Laura Berhani from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Thank you for joining us. You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers, or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 818-800-4818 or visit her website at www.petdogtrainer.com. To speak with Kim, call 818-890-1133 or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com. Thank you for listening.